When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. There were a lot of players that uh, cruised on, opted out, left, transferred, uh, especially out of the secondary. Now, if if Tennessee is truly mounting up for a 2024, they got to replace those guys, right? But it, it speaks to Caleb's point, was Josh Heupel trimming the dead wood with all the December transfers that caused so much semi-negative publicity. John, what do you think now of, of the guys they lost for the most part, were they guys that Tennessee just as soon hit the road or no? Yeah. Good riddance. I mean, we've been seeing the same guys play each season. You're getting the same results. I'm sure they can go somewhere else and play, but they've added two guys in the transfer portal, a cornerback from uh, Oregon state, a safety from MTSU, who I think will probably be their best defensive backs uh next season and then you bring in the younger guys who are on the roster four-star recruits and you hopefully get i mean i don't see how they can be much worse than the guys that preceded them and and nothing personal against those guys no but but i do think that i do think the headline of the youtube video should be air quotes good riddance well (laughs) it you see, I, I get a lot of emails of people. Fans were alarmed by that, Dave. They were alarmed by it. It's almost as though the building is on fire and these DBs are the only ones who have spotted the flames and they're just racing out of there. <laughs> but that wasn't the cat. I mean, I don't think the coaches were thinking, oh, my God, how in the world, how in the world will we stop anybody without – Danico Slaughter back there. I mean, but John, John, how can they get out if the Derek Dooley locker room door still says opportunity is nowhere? <laughs> and they're just <laughs> ramming up against the door like some sort of yeah, great they're... light concert. Portions of the program brought to you by Campbell Cunningham, Taylor, and Han. Enjoy life better when you see better. Local vision service for LASIK, cataract surgery and regular eye examination, cctis.com, cctis.com. Take it over, Caleb, while I giggle a little bit. But I, you said it first yesterday. I think it was a bunch of dead wood. And with Tyler Barron, there were a bunch of other issues going on about how he wanted more than he, he thought he was worth. So I think you take Tyler Barron back. But as the rest of the dudes, I'm good. Also, we'll get to this later, but with the way Tyree West played yesterday, I don't know if you do take Tyler Barron back. Um, oh, great point. Yeah. So, yeah, John, I was um, I was exactly where you were with this secondary the whole time, which is – and it's funny because Danico Slaughter was the one that we thought probably had the most raw potential, but there's raw potential, and then there's actually turning that into production, and Danico Slaughter never did, the same way Aaron Rodgers has raw talent but never produces in the playoffs. Um, so I think that – I think Tennessee, this is going to be weird. And I want to know your thoughts on this. Most people are going to poo-poo yesterday's secondary performance because they're going to say it was against Iowa, one of the worst passing offenses of all time. But even by the standards of Iowa's horrific pass offense, they were significantly worse than they usually are during the year. 
I mean, one, Iowa, whatever you want to say about them, they're not like a turnover machine throwing the ball because they just don't throw it enough, but they threw two interceptions yesterday. And they were, what, 9 of 25 for 60 yards. Doesn't that have to count for something that the secondary was maybe a lot better yesterday without all of the guys that were there before? Um, No, not really. I, I just think I was – it has the worst foot, worst offense in college football for a reason. Um, it's probably its two top receivers were injured. It lost them during the year. They were, they were both tight ends. What does that tell you? I mean, yeah, that was a turn team's interception was nice. A, a James Pierce made a great play and showed off how fast he was. He probably made some money running down that sidelines uh, from the NFL when they could see his speed. He, he looked like a defensive back running, running to the end zone. I just don't think – I just can't judge how the secondary played against Iowa because of that offense. I, I just can't do it. I mean, you may be right. I mean, maybe they were better. I'm not saying they weren't better – couldn't have been better. They may have well been better. I just couldn't tell by by Iowa. Okay, since we're going, we're on the good riddance segment, is this officially good riddance <laughs> Joe Milton? Because Jimmy Himes reported on offthehooksports.com, and it hadn't been reported before, that Joe Milton was informed on December the 15th that he was not going to be the starter. So he just carried on and went through practice. I don't know if he was the backup or what. I mean, it was so now we thought that Joe Milton was stringing out um, Josh Heupel, but he was told December the 15th he wasn't going to be the dude. So... I don't know why that announcement wasn't made. You could have gotten more attendance in the bowl game. I guess Josh Heupel was going to surprise Iowa with a quarterback they'd never seen before. I don't know how that could be that surprising. But that just the whole thing and the way it was handled is bizarre. But do we, do we unfortunately, even though he's likable, lump Joe Milton in the good riddance category? I have a hard time doing that because Joe Milton won eight games this year. It's true. Maybe maybe Nico would have won nine, would have won nine or ten, uh, counting the bow. But uh, yeah, I just you know he he kept coming out there. He stayed when he could have transferred. Um, he kept coming out there. Oh boy! Hey, there he is that's, again. Yeah, that's, he's that's still our, here. That's that's our he's motto. still here. Yeah, uh, Caleb and I uh, when we were doing the show every day, our, we we chose we chose between two <laughs> mottos. Uh -huh. We um one was every day's the Super Bowl, and uh -huh. the other is let's just keep going out there. Yeah, you could shorten it up to still here. <laughs> still, here. still here. Can't get rid of us. Uh uh. <laughs> We're back. We're back, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, um... uh, oh, sorry. No, I just yeah, I guess I have mixed feelings about Joe Hype. I'm Joe Milton. I'm combining the there two. That's something there. Given the loyalty. Well, okay. I think it was about, look, part of this was Josh. Again, I keep telling you guys, Josh Heupel had to save face. He was the one who went out and got Joe Milton. And Josh Heupel's a little bit cocky. And I think it's a little hard. It, it's a Bill Belichick factor. But y'all notice Bill Belichick, one of the reasons the Patriots, Patriots struggle is Bill Belichick is a mediocre GM, but he will live and die by the players he picks, no matter how bad they are, because he firmly believes that he's right. And I think Josh Heupel in his mind is like, well, I picked Joe Milton and I'm a quarterback genius, so I can't be wrong. I think I think that's exactly it. I think that's 110% it. 
and, and the fact that he's got the the fastest, biggest, toughest, most awesome sports car. Now I think Nico will supersede that, and Milton's gone, obviously. But I think that was a factor as well. I think those are the no, two factors. No, the sports car analogy that that doesn't work for me at all. I see I see Joe Milton or Josh Milton. I see him as a an eighteen wheeler coming over the top of a hill. Okay. And, and roaring downhill with those Jake breaks, just fire. Bull in China shop, right? <laughs> blow, blow out. Oops. Uh, so, so, sorry about, um, sorry about that compact. I just side swiped. Uh, but no, Nico, he's more, he is, he's a sport. I mean, those two first two touchdowns he ran, those two touchdowns he first ran, I mean, he just kind of glided into the end zone. It almost looked like no defense was there. He just knew, okay, I'm going to run right here. It's where my blocking will be. Kind of coasted into the end zone. Made it look so easy. Do you think Joe Milton has a shot at the next level, maybe at a different position? That from SC Scout guy. I don't think it hurts that he got benched at the end of his senior season by a freshman. (laughs) I mean, mean, really? Somebody help me with that one. That's got to be tough to overcome. When you start that conversation, you're a scout, and you're like, Josh, tell me. You decided to bench him in December. Why? I mean, Josh could make the case that Josh could say that he could actually get away with that because he could say that I wanted to use the bowl game to get ready for next year. I mean, that, that sure. there's a easy way around that one. Uh, yeah, and I think, but I think that's really the reason he did it. Or right. maybe somebody, or maybe somebody in the collective said, "Man, all these people paying all this money they they kind of like to see Nico play a game." Um, but yeah, I, I just think. I can't. I wouldn't draft Joe Milton. No, I, I, I can't see him being an NFL quarterback. This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. This, this, sounds, this sounds so stupid. And Kevin, I want you to go right ahead, but this sounds so stupid. He's not a great natural athlete. He doesn't have hips that open up. He doesn't go lateral. He may run straight ahead. He may throw the ball as far as he can. And you may think that's a great natural athlete, but there's more to it than that. Being able to flip your hips. John is always one that's been able to point out good hips. And um, that might, that might, might made my day, Dave, when you talked about hip movement. Thank that you. was like 2006. I said, that guy's good hips. John's like, what? Um, 
No, he's just not a great natural athlete. He's not. Well, yeah, I mean, there's so much to so much more to quarterback to being able to throw the ball that can break your receiver in half. Uh, yeah. Uh, but that's fun too, I guess. I mean, if you're at the carnival, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's a carnival act. That's exactly what it is. John Elway was one of those rare guys who could do everything. I mean, he physically impaired receivers by hitting them in the chest, but he also knew how to play the position. Yeah, it's uh, it's funny you say that, John, because like we talk about, you know, I always hated the phrase, if you can touch it, you can catch it because it's, you know, if you if you throw a bullet over the middle and it's deadly accurate, then yes, you should catch it. But if it's a back shoulder throw and it's 175 miles an hour, I can't expect the receiver to make that catch. Like, yeah, um, you better be wearing be wearing two shoulder pads on that one. Exactly. So. I wanted to ask you your thoughts because a couple of points I wanted to hit first sticking with Joe real quick. And yesterday we saw, I think Alabama finally lost a playoff game because the limitations on Jalen Milrow finally exposed himself itself. Do we think that Joe Milton would have been any worse than Jalen Milrow had he played in that offense? Do we think Jalen Milrow was any better than Joe Milton or did Jalen Miller just play in a much better offense at Alabama? No, he's way, he's way better than Joe Milton because really, He's he's extremely fast. He's quick, and he can improvise. Uh, you saw it in the championship game. There's no way in the world Alabama beats Georgia with Joe Milton at quarterback. No way. Uh, Jalen Milrow can improvise. That little shovel pass he made on third down in the SEC championship game. Uh, no, I think Joe Milton. I think uh, Jalen Milrow will keep getting better. Uh, but no, there's. N- I don't agree with that. So you're saying that uh, Milton has hit a ceiling? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I, I mean, that. I don't want this to be – it's not Joe Milton bashing, but we're talking about, you know, skill sets of quarterbacks and where does he fit in. I mean, I, I wonder people who've watched Joe Milton throughout his college career here at Tennessee and set aside their Tennessee loyalties – if they wake up the next day, uh, win the lottery, well, win about five lotteries and buy an NFL franchise, would they say to the GM, we got to have that guy as our quarterback? I don't think so. Would they draft him? Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I guess you could have him as a third quarterback to come in for Hail Marys. I tell you what, though, that, that carnival thing you've hit, I've always believed in that. You take Joe Milton to the <clears throat> Knox, Knoxville County Fair and turn him loose. I mean, he's breaking stuff. He's knocking down tents. So, well, John should know. He's the only one I know that still goes to the fair on an annual basis. Well, my wife wins a photography contest almost yeah. every year. Well, that's, that's, worth seeing. that's worth seeing or coming in contact with puke, yeah. which is what has happened well, every time I've gone to the fair. No, I just like uh, seeing uh, America's Most Wanted on, on parade. <laughs> Guys, I wanted to bring up a lesser, uh, another point kind of sticking on topic because I, you're right. I didn't want to – Out of the felony section. Go ahead. The, the personnel segment. <laughs> this is a – I know this is a good written segment to players leaving, but uh, you're right. It, it We kind of accidentally turned it into a Joe Milton bashing segment, which may have been a little unfair, but I understand it because we're having to 
and good I, riddance. Good riddance. But I, I want to bring it back to it's funny because yes, it to me it is good riddance to the secondary. But we John, what do you think of we talk about all year Tennessee's defense given Josh Heupel's system? The job of the defense is to play complementary football. It's to play off the expected lead the offense is going to build. And a lot of people wanted Tim Binks fired this year, even though Tennessee has a top 25 scoring defense and a top 20 defense in yards allowed per play. I mean, is that fair at all? Because isn't the whole point of Tim Binks' defense designed based, based on what the offense does? And if the offense doesn't do its thing, which it didn't do a lot of the time, isn't the defense kind of playing with one hand behind its back at that point? Yeah, that's fair. And and I thought early in the season, Tennessee's defense was markedly better. Uh, and, and he, but even if you go back to 2022 season, the defensive stats weren't horrible. The problem I have with the defense, and mainly the secondary, was when it went up against a really good quarterback or maybe even a pretty good quarterback. And we remember what Anthony Richardson did to that defense, what Bryce Young did to that defense, what Stetson Bennett did to that defense. Who am I missing? There's one more in there. But, yeah, that that's the problem I have. But you make a really good point. And when you say, yeah, Tennessee needs a new defensive coordinator, if you're an up-and-coming up defensive coordinator, do you want Tennessee's offense? No. To, I mean, do you want that on your resume? I you know, and it's it's more than that, John. It's <clears throat> also coaches talk, as you know. I mean, it's it's the way practice is structured. They they need to be Tennessee needs to be almost as thankful that they have Tim Banks as Nico. I mean, he is. I think he's done a a fantastic job. Not at least very good. You, uh, fantastic to reach. I I just had a problem down the stretch with uh, with what Missouri did to Tennessee. Uh, the defense on that day just wasn't nearly sufficient, uh, obviously. Uh, but I, I do think that that would be a real challenge to go out and get an elite defense coordinator. Now, maybe if you pay him enough, maybe you make him a $3 million defensive coordinator. But you're right, Dave. This whole system, this program is predicated on a big offense. You score 40 points a game. Yeah, I mean, they'll stop practice in the middle of practice to fine-tune an offensive play when the defense has to wait. I mean, that's the way it's built. Um, so that's not going to change. The defense is never going to be elite. <clears throat> the defense can play vertical, turn the ball over. They can be a great complementary defense, but they're, they're never going to be elite, not with the way this program's built. But that may just be fine. You'd rather I'd rather be that way <clears throat> if I'm a fan than the other way because there's so much offense.